What is up? Welcome back to the Pack Center Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything Nevada Athletics, episode 142. I'm your host, Matt Hannafin. I'm here with my co-host, Isaiah Bros. Isaiah, there, we get, there's, we have a lot to get to this week. Um, a lot of sports starting up, baseball starting up, softballs playing their second series of the season, tennis just lost their opening match yesterday, Sacramento State. There's a lot to get to. Swim and dives going on right now in the Mountain West Championships cancellations nevada had cancellations with basketball we'll get into those later but um first off before we begin anything how's it going man i'm doing good you know i know the cancellations are gonna hurt you know it's a little bit disappointing to see at this season you know where this point is at the regular season for both men's and women's basketball but like you said there's still a bevy of sports going on i can't wait to get into it yeah we kind of last week when we went into a lot of basketball, we were like, oh, yeah, if Nevada plays the rest of their six games, can they get the first spot in the Mountain West? It's like, no, now it's essentially mathematically impossible. Um, Unless if they do reschedule one of the two series that were canceled between San Jose State or Colorado State, they have that, like, 10-day window from February 28th to March 10th, and so they could reschedule a series there, potentially. But, again, we'll get into all of that later. Um, let's start where do you want to start let's start I think we should start with probably swim and dive which is probably going on right as the moment that we're talking yeah not really again <laughs> almost it's, no. yeah it's, it's, it's nine we're, we're recording this at 9 a.m um so <laughs> I don't think there's swimming going on at 9 a.m but uh anyways Nevada's had good they're through two days two or four days of the Mountain West championships um they had a very good day two a pretty good day three where they got third place eight teams are competing in this and so or eight teams in the mountain west are competing in this including in-state rival UNLV who we get who we'll get to in a little bit but Nevada had a very good day too um they finished first place in the 200 meter individual medley and then in the team 400 meter medley and so or foreign meet foreign medley like relay kind of yes relay I I don't know why I said team in there but it's okay. Yeah, it's, the relay's kind of like it's a team again, exercise. It's 9 a.m. in the morning. Okay. <laughs> I, they're just stretching, too. It's our mental stretch, our mental exercise, too. But, yeah, I mean, just another dominant performance right now. I think we're seeing swim and dive. I think we keep touching upon it any time we mention them. It's just how dominant they've been on campus and their historic prevalence at this university. And this year's no different. The turnout that they get year in and year out in the production keeps showing. And there's no bigger stage than the Mountain West Championships and following a really, really strong day two and a good day three. I'm really hoping for bigger things coming into today. I think we're going to see that. So really excited. And it's just one of the many spring sports going on like right now. And if not right now, just hours from now. So by the time this thing is up, you know, yeah, it's going to be kind of fun. Yeah, Nevada is currently first place through two days in the total, the totality of the events. Nevada has 499 points. Above second place UNLV, who has 489. San Diego State has 454. And then the list goes down. The last place team right now is San Jose State with 135. And so Nevada's 10 points ahead. That's a, that's kind of that's a slim lead. But again, a lot can happen over the course of two days. Hopefully Nevada can at least finish within the top three. Oh, yeah, especially I'm expecting the top three finish. I mean, they're, they've given us the product year in and year out, and that's just – kind of like what it's going to be going forward. And you see, it's almost like as the tournament progresses, they keep getting a little bit better shades each time at different events. So, 
just putting it all together over these next couple of days is going to be kind of the crucial stretch for the team as a whole. Yeah. And so let's get into who essentially did what for this women dive team. Junior Julia Ademshek, I think that's how you're... Ademshek. Good job. You know why I got to give you props. That Shout was, out Man I feel like that's a terrible pronunciation. Shout out Man Hannafin for the pronunciations. I, I, I feel like I'm messing that up so bad. But anyway, she claimed the 200-meter individual medley uh, title. And then the quartet of Josian, I you, you just gave me a crown for this, and I can't pronounce her name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Josian, will I'm just gonna call her Josian, um, and then Victoria Samulia, and then Caitlin McHugh, with a dimshik. They both, or they all, won the 400 meter medley relay uh, to cap off the night, and then. The swim and dive for for the dive section. Jesse Novotny claimed the bronze in the one meter springboard event, and then Isabel Vasquez finished fourth, and Linnea Sorensen finished seventh. So Nevada had two events that day that finished within, with three pack swimmers and or divers finishing the top eight. Yep, definitely, it's going to be a loaded event, and just seeing a lot of those Nevada student athletes crack the top ten and getting gold medals and you know top three finishes. That's what you want to see because. Over the course of this tournament, those individual performances bode so well for the team as a whole. Obviously, that's how you get the points in the tournament. So just wrapping it all together, it's in a different way. It's like your individual success helps the team in so many different aspects that it's crucial for you to kind of do your part in helping the team clinch the Mountain West tourney. So in that case, you're seeing it. Yeah. And all right, so... Let's move to men's golf, which completed their tournament yesterday. Um, they finished tied for 15th, or they finished 15th out of 24 teams. Uh, Trey Davis got, he fin- he was the highest place finisher. Um, he finished 29th. In the individuals, we had just had one individual com- uh, competitor, Peyton Callens, finished tied for 32nd. And so not too high, um, but I mean, season opener we'll just continue to build from there yeah definitely i mean it's not the best finish by any means finishing 15th out of 24 teams but at least you're seeing some performances at that regard that you can build off of and like you said it's still kind of early and this team was hit hard by the pandemic last season just being able to find their stride and then all of a sudden COVID hits and everything they've worked for to get to that point all the momentum they were building just literally stopped so trying to get their feet back under them. Guys, golf is a sport too. It may not be the most endurance heavy, you know, what am I trying to say? Like cardiovascular heavy type sport, but <laughs> what? I don't even know why I said that, but it's just like, it needs to be recognized just how much like spring sports were impacted last year. And golf is no exception because they were finding their stride last season before everything hit. And, now they kind of have to start from ground zero in so many ways. They weren't able to practice as a team at all this year. They had to, you know, basically meet up through individual tournaments scattered throughout the northern Nevada area. So for them to just be able to practice and be a team again at this point in the season, I'm just taking it with a grain of salt right now. Just no matter what finish they're having is an optimistic kind of lens I'm putting on it, but it's something nonetheless. Trey Davis finished tied for 29th. He was four above par. The four other competitors for the Nevada team in the team 
uh, area was Sam Harded, Brendan McDowell, Sam Meek, and Tom Patterson. Uh, Harned finished, he was tied for 44th, six above par. Brendan McDowell was seven above par, tied for 53rd. Sam Meek was 13 above par, tied for 91st. And then Tom Patterson was finished 17 above par, which was tied for 108th. And then for Callens in the individual, he finished four above par and was tied for 32nd. Yeah, I mean, like you said, not the best finishes by any means, but it's still early. You know, you can find it underneath them and just build off from there. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Tennis, men's and women's tennis. Uh, men's tennis team dropped their game yesterday versus Sacramento State 4-3. to three. And then women's tennis, who is coming off a two-week break, they beat Pacific two weeks ago, and they are looking. They're facing Santa Clara today at noon, um, and then they're facing San Francisco at 3 p.m. on Sun or on Saturday. It's cool just to see so many spring sports get going in a lot of facets. So, you know, we don't have a lot to build off of right now. So, just taking any sort of outcome helps at this point. So, you know, props to men's and women's tennis for getting it started. Yeah, and then. Now, baseball is also starting up today. Baseball played nearly a year ago. They lost, I think it was 11-1 to to St. Mary's on March 11, 2020, and that was their last game of the 2020 season. Um, they start a four-game series against Cal Poly today. Cal Poly's beaten some uh, highly regarded teams in the past. Nevada does return five seniors along with 10 juniors. Um, that includes All-Mountain West selection, or All-Mountain West preseason pick Josh Samora. Um, they have Josh Jackson coming back. Um, they have Dylan Strum. They just have a bunch of like solid bats with some good arms. Um, Owen Schartz is another one. And so there's just a lot of uh, players and pieces coming back from last year's team, and hopefully we can get off to a better start than we did last year. Definitely, especially offensively <laughs> in so many ways. Um like you kind of mentioned it, just how strong the starting pitching was from Jake Jackson and Owen Schartz last year. It's a shame to see the offense not put together sustainable runs and, you know, produce much, if anything at all, during their starts because a lot of things could have definitely changed from a record standpoint. A lot of those losses could have turned into wins. So I'm just hoping for this year to have a lot more offensive production. It's going to be different. It's going to be, you know, it's not not much is going to be different in a lot of ways because Nevada, like you said, is retaining all of its, most of its seniors and upperclassmen thanks to them pandemic, shortening it down. So you get to see another season of Josh Seymour and Dylan Shrum, who at points last year, especially Dylan Shrum offensively, was a high point. So I'm just hoping to see some more offensive consistency and just another step from Owen Schartz. I mean, this could be the year... If a full season happens, this could be the year he really bursts onto the scene. I hate being cliche, but just saw, seeing what he did during that COVID-shortened year, leading the Mountain West in strikeouts, showing a developed three-pitch mix, I mean, you could be talking to him as a potential 2021 draft candidate when this season's all said and done because he has the repertoire. He just kind of needs a full season to show it, and that's along with the hundreds upon hundreds of draft prospects heading into this season. They need a full season of stability to show it, thanks to a pandemic shortening it down. So, Is Major League Baseball going back to 
40 rounds. It's this year, this year. It hasn't been discussed, but it's going to be at least 20 rounds, which is so significant okay. this year. Because last yeah. year it was five. Right. I mean, you're that is that's nothing ridiculous, you know. And that's so at least having that many more selections can help players like Owen Shards potentially sneak in. So it'll be really interesting to see. And this team, I really believe in it. On paper, it looks good. I just need to see. Went two and twelve last year. I mean, it was a very rough start, and especially offensively. I mean, in a way, the pandemic kind of shortened a very disappointing season. But this year, I'm really I'm expecting things to at least turn around to a point where they could be a lot more competitive in non-conference play to get their footing started before conference play even starts. Because this conference this year is going to be pretty loaded in a lot of ways. So. Once again, just hoping to see some more growth, some more offensive production because you can't get much worse than last season. So those are some things to build off of and really look forward to. Yeah, they begin a four-game trip against Cal Poly this weekend. Uh, It begins today. It goes through Monday. So hopefully we're able to squeak out a couple wins there. The two wins last year came against Cal Baptist. Both of them did um, in two of the final four games of the season. Hopefully we're able to get at least – Split the, split the series. I mean, again, as we mentioned, Cal Poly is a good team. They have been some highly regarded programs um, in the past. So hopefully Nevada's be able to get on track there. And then also softball. Softball has played five games last weekend. Five, that's a lot. Um, they won four of them. They begin another five-game series this week. They looked really good. Kendall Fritz won the Mountain West Pitcher of the Week award. She pitched in four games this weekend, or this last weekend. She started in two of them. She started in the first game against St. Mary's and the second against UC Davis. Nevada, let me just go over the results of the games. I didn't even do that. <laughs> You're fine. Nevada uh, split the series, split the doubleheader against St. Mary's last Thursday. They won the first match 6-2, to two, but they lost the second one 2-1. to one. Um, They beat, they sweeped UC Davis in the doubleheader on that Friday. Uh, they won five to four and four to three, and then they won Sunday against Sacramento State, ten zero, ended in five innings. Um, so let me get back to Fritz. She started the first game against St. Mary's and the second game against UC Davis. Um, she pitched two, or she, and she threw four games overall. She closed uh, two other games. Uh, she had a one point two four ERA in seventeen innings of work over the weekend. She had twenty two strikeouts in the four in the four games that she pitched, including a season high eleven. Um, in the first game against St. Mary's. Just an overall dominant weekend, and she's been uh, one of Nevada's best arms for the last couple of years. Oh, definitely. I mean, she's been relied upon so heavily, not only as a starter, but towards the back end of that bullpen. Whenever there's a close game in the balance, it's almost like you know Kendall Fritz is coming. She's got an insanely good repertoire, you know, a really good rise ball, and she pitches with some serious velocity. And one of the things that's, you know, kept... It's been like one of Nevada's... Nevada softball's perspective, one of the best under-the-radar kept secrets, as as you said, just Fritz's dominance since she stepped foot here on campus. And it's kind of like the Owen Shart situation last season with Nevada baseball. Kendall Fritz was putting together an absolutely dominant 2020 season before COVID hit, and she's just taken off on the right foot and has only gotten better. So I'm so excited to see how she continues and develops over this season and there's a lot to be thankful for and a lot to look forward to it from her perspective. And just the team as a whole offensively, huge boost, big boost from last season and just getting off on the right foot in that regard too. I mean, 
can you do okay i'm not trying to say can you do much better than a 308 average and 811 ops as a team because you can obviously Mm -hmm. but six extra base hits i mean kenzie goins just went off this weekend just a lot of heavy bats and the bats kind of spoke for themselves over those first five games and you see that combined with the dominant pitching performance from someone like Fritz. It's going to be a big one-two punch this season for softball. Yeah, you mentioned Goins. She had two home runs um, in the final two games, one apiece, and one in each game. And she had four RBIs. Sadie McAllister hit 429 with a 1.150 OPS. Sam Oliver went five for eight um, with a 1.325 OPS. And Nevada's bats turned up especially in the final two games of the weekend but um dominant pitching performances specifically from from fritz really set the tone for the weekend really uh hindered opposing offenses and so it's it was a good all-around weekend for nevada softball and they have a four-game series coming up this weekend in the dixie state classic uh today they're facing washington tomorrow saturday Nevada will face BYU at 1230 and Utah Valley at 3 p.m. And then they'll on Mon- they'll face Montana on Sunday. It's kind of weird how they're doing uh, two doubleheaders in two consecutive days plus playing the next day. It was different from last week where they had two doubleheaders at the day off. and then. No, these are going to just be four straight games. Hammer them out. But no, four, is... four straight and then the next day you're playing another game. That's your last game. Usually, or at least last weekend you would have that day rest, but. Not That's here. just a wear and tear. Not at the Dixie State Classic. They don't do that around there. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm excited. I mean, this team's gotten off to a great start. Offensively, pitching-wise, I really think it's going to continue. So these are some kind of heavy hitter, non-conference opponents, but if you could scrape by with a few wins, maybe, you know, hope for maybe another four out of five that you could potentially hope for, that'd be great. So really build some momentum toward conference play which is obviously a ways away but just getting that record and stability it's crucial volleyball lost their second consecutive series this last weekend they lost to colorado state three sets to one nevada has lost all four of their matches to to, to new mexico and colorado state three sets to one um they started out the first game well they took the first set it was their first set that they've taken against colorado state since 2018 um, but were but was unable to get the win. It kind of went just downhill after the first set. They led 23-21 in the third set and then lost four straight points to lose the set. And then in the fourth and final set, they got, they got destroyed 25-14. So it wasn't a good weekend. And in the second set, they, I believe, were tied at 24 at one point and lost 26-24. Um, and then in the second game, Colorado State took the first two sets, 25-23 and 25-14. Um, Nevada took the third set, 25-23, and then lost the final set, 25-20. to So overall, it's been, it wasn't a great weekend for the Pack volleyball team. No, it's been rough. Very rough start to the season. And like you said, they're they're just like, some of these sets and some of these games aren't even competitive. So I'm just hoping to see a little bit more. They're competitive. They just haven't. Maybe it's just it closing, out. closing it out. It's And it's been tough. You know, at least I know you're seeing them fight. Volleyball can be a really physically demanding sport in a lot of ways, a lot of jumping, a lot of movement. So I understand it's a full team effort in that regard. So maybe, you know, like you said, maybe just coming down the stretch, 
can turn a potentially, you know, a few losses in a set to a couple wins and build some more momentum. But right now I'm just, it's just off to a really slow and disappointing start. But, you know, there's plenty of action left and this team has some good talent outside of Kayla Fo. I think we're starting to see that now. So just seeing that kind of continuity as a unit gel, I think that'll help as the season progresses. Yeah, I wonder how different the record would be if we had a foe who we talked about a little bit last week, but she tore her ACL and her knee a couple weeks ago and is out for the season. Um, in the first game, Sydney Peterson led the team with 14 kills. Cassie Miguel had 12 kills. Rika Montaloni, who had a great first weekend um, despite the loss, had 11 kills. And then in the second game, Montaloni and Alyssa Zero had 10 kills each. So hopefully we're able to bounce back this weekend. They will face Air Force today at 1 p.m. And then tomorrow they will also face Air Force at 1 p.m. Hopefully we're able to pick up two victories there. And then I think now let's get to the cancellations. Let's talk about that a little bit. Nothing too much to get into, but we talked about last week. I think last week was one of our better episodes. If you haven't listened to it yet, please go check it out. We talked a lot of basketball um, and kind of where Nevada sits and everything. Grant Sherfield talked a lot about Steve Alford, just giving him credit and et cetera. Please go listen to that if you haven't already. But Nevada had Nevada men's basketball, or let's start with women's basketball. Nevada women's basketball had like two series that were postponed in one weekend. I mean, it wasn't technically two series because they had the series against San Jose State that was canceled. And then they had the series against Air Force, which was postponed due to COVID. Um, the San Jose State one was like the first one that was originally scheduled. And so then it was announced, I believe it was yesterday, that their series this weekend against Colorado State has been also canceled. Um, Chris Murray of Nevada Sportsnet reported that they had one false positive um, one could assume if they had one false positive in the first weekend that they had potentially another positive test this last weekend, which led to the cancellation this weekend. Um, but that's just a guess. No one knows, officially knows that yeah. stuff. You, you keep that under wraps. To the best that you can. You don't but want you, that coming out. Right. But like if you had, again, if you had one false positive the first weekend and you're not playing this weekend, one could assume there was a positive test within the team. Again, no one knows. We're not reporting this disclaimer, no. but we're just we're just talking about what we know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind we of just we have no we have no clue right now, and it's just it's a testament to how well Nevada's handled this, not just with men's and women's basketball, with every sport that's gone on this year. It's just so weird to see us being a part of it because you you know we've talked about it so many times on this podcast oh you know so and so series is being postponed or canceled due to covid and their handling of the situation and we haven't had that problem until now so it's a testament to how well they've done as a university and protocol wise but right now it's really weird and it just sucks because like you said the podcast last week's podcast was really good that we touched on a lot more broader subjects you know, just kind of giving our perspective on how things could turn out. And just as we do that, a few unfortunate events take place, and now all of a sudden, you know, a few games of our regular season are now in jeopardy, and that hurts us in so many aspects for both men's and women's. So, uh, ouch. Ouch. It's like, what can you do? Just yeah, it is wait, what it is. wait until 
you can play again, hopefully, and just cross your fingers in that regard. So I think a lot of it's going to be kind of like the waiting game. I hate being cliche once again, but I think that's kind of what we have to do in this situation. Yeah, for men's basketball, Nevada, I believe they were, I think that they were on their way to San Jose State or maybe, I don't know. But it came out Friday that the series was canceled or postponed um, against San Jose State. Apparently there was probably at least one positive test within the program. We don't, again, we don't know anything. We can only assume. Um, And then this last week, they started practicing again, but their series against Colorado State was postponed due to health and safety protocols because it was announced last weekend that the the positive test came within, it was the COVID-19 issue came within Nevada's program. And so that was interesting. I mean, beginning practice again and having the series this weekend canceled, but Nevada's now out four games. Um, their final two games of the season are coming February 26th and February 28th um, against Utah State on the road. So Nevada won't have another home game this year unless, again, the San Jose State Series is – or not the San Jose State Series, the Colorado State Series is, like, rescheduled for that, Mar- that, for that February 28th, March 10th gap because the, Mar- the Mountain West Tournament begins March 10th. At least at this point, I think Nevada's solidified with at the number five seed or the number four seed. I don't, but I mean, you never know. Um, just with stuff that goes on this next weekend, but Nevada's now out four games against quad one or two opponents. Or, uh, they really had a potential chance to move up in the Mountain West. Or no, they had four games. Two of them were against quad one and two opponents. San Jose State's not a quad one or two opponent. <laughs> Facts. They had. They had they had two games against a quad one or two opponent in Colorado State this weekend, and then they have Utah State this next weekend. They had three of the final four series were against quad one or two opponents. And so Nevada's outed out of one of those series, two series overall. This is the this is the, well, the first two series this year that have been canceled for Nevada because they had that one series that was postponed or canceled against San Francisco that they're likely going to make up in the future. And they made that up with William Jessup, who kind of f- fulfilled their seven to fulfill Nevada's seven game non-conference schedule. And so Nevada was able to fill that in. Now they're just out of the four games, barring a reschedulement of at least one of those two series. Yeah, it's like you said, it hurts. I mean, this was a chance for Nevada to, you know, potentially clinch a top three seed in that Mountain West Conference tournament. And now, with those cancellations and those games being put on hold, that that's just hurt significantly because all of a sudden, we needed those wins. You know, we needed a few of those games to turn into our favor and have our conference opponents beat up on one another in order to potentially rise up those standings. And now, with everything going on right now, that's not only being put on hold, now just that part in general is just being put in jeopardy, I would say. So... You know, if you're Nevada, I just think you have to rebound and just hope and, you know, at least you're staying fresh now to this point. You know, you're getting some well-deserved rest for both teams in that regard as well. And just Nevada in particular at this stage of the season, it's just going to be so weird. Like, 
are they i think we were talking about it on last week's podcast there you were seeing signs of some of the best basketball of the season some real continuity going on are you going to be able to you know get your feet under you again and be able to kind of have that type of continuity as a unit on both ends of the floor right away or will it take some time before conference play what what is going to happen if they're able to practice i think they're able to sustain a little bit of that it's not like they're going to be out for two weeks and just not practicing at all and then they play against or with very little practice and then just play against utah state who's one of the best teams in the conference arguably the best team um so I think there's going to be a little continuity there, but it is kind of, kind of sucks to see the momentum slip because Nevada was on a four-game win streak. Yeah, I mean you were seeing tidbits and some of the best basketball of the year. So, like you said, if we just have to, you know, go up against a, you know, a stalwart in Utah State instead of having this series with San Jose State and a couple others, it's it is what it is at this point, right? You know, I just think you have to take with what's given to you and finish strong. And I think Nevada is the team to do that. I think you've seen the mentality and just how hard this team plays. I think they're ready for no matter what happens. I think they just want to play. I don't care who they start up against. And I certainly don't think they're worried about, you know, getting into a rhythm again and finding their in-game, you know, type of, I hate saying continuity, I've said it enough, but, you know, just in-game presence. I don't think they that really matters to them at all. I just think they want to play. So hopefully that happens. Looking at the Mountain West standings now, they're three games behind Boise State for the top spot in the Mountain West. They're one and a half games behind San Diego State, or number 25 San Diego State. They got ranked over this last week in the eight people. Um, in the Mountain West, San Diego State, if the season were to end today, Nevada would be playing San Diego State um, in the quarterfinal round of the Mountain West tournament because the four plays the five. Um, they get the bye, but the four would play the five in that circumstance. Nevada's at nine and five of the conference right now. San Diego State, who's above them, are at 10 and three in conference. And then Utah State and Colorado State are tied for the second and third spots at 11 and three. And then Boise State is 13 and three. Nevada is two and a half games ahead of Fresno State um, for the sixth seed or who Fresno State, who's at the sixth seed, Nevada's two and a half games ahead of them. So I don't necessarily see Nevada falling out of that number five spot in the final two weeks. I don't think it's possible unless, I mean, it, it is actually mathematically possible because Fresno State uh, could win both their games this weekend and win out, and Nevada would have to lose both of their games. Um, but Nevada right now, two and a half games ahead of Fresno State, one and a half behind number 25 San Diego State for the fourth spot, and then three games behind Boise State for the top spot. I think Nevada's just kind of centered, centered themselves in that top, in that fifth seed. Yeah, I think so. I think at this point, and it's a good thing to see at least Nevada be, you know, just be comfortably centered in that top five seed because, you know, unfortunate circumstances like these can arise and can really turn your season from something positive into something that could be a what-if scenario in a lot of ways. So at least in this standpoint, Nevada has secured some sort of stability in a way. So no matter what happens to the rest of this regular season, conference play can be exciting in a lot of ways. So I'm happy about that at least because with COVID and everything going on and you know having the luxury of not 
really stressing about that due to the university's excellence in that regard. Things like this can occur, and, you know, at least at this point, Nevada's played enough games and has won enough games for that matter, too, to secure some form of stability. It just sucks that it comes as we get in when Nevada's on a four-game win streak. It just sucks in general, but, I mean, I guess you kind of have to look at the positives, uh, no pun intended, um, of this certain stretch. That was a bad joke. That was so good. It was so good, though. It was great. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at, like, the positive circumstances. Again, no pun intended. Um, But Nevada has a chance to end the season on a very high note if they can split the series against Utah State or potentially win both of them. Utah State is a very good team. Uh, Kata, who's in certainly in the running for the Mountain West Player of the Year, has been a problem all year for opposing Mountain West teams. He just dropped 30 the other night despite a loss against Boise State. Um, so he's been an incredible player all year. They've had a lot of strong contributors. I mean, we'll talk about that more next week um, as the game approaches because Nevada's off this week. But hopefully hopefully we're able to see some shift within the top of the Mountain West and Nevada could potentially squeeze a four spot or even maybe a three st- three spot. It's a long shot, but um, it's a possibility with two games left, also barring a reschedulement because, again, anything. If we, if we are able to reschedule one of those two series, we could still shift things in our favor. Yeah, definitely. So... Like you said, let's just hope for the best at this point. <clears throat> Nevada has the week off in a way, so, you know, it's going to be a lot of what-ifs until we get to actually playing an opponent again. So I just think Nevada will be ready, and I know you and I will certainly be ready to watch it and break it down. So I guess we'll see where it goes from here. you have anything more else to add, man? No, no. Spring sports are still in full effect, you know. you know, um, A lot of them. <laughs> And that's that's going to keep us busy. It's, I'm excited to see a lot going on. And with the basketball being put on hold in both sports, you know, s- still plenty of sports to go around. And that's the beauty of spring sports returning. So we'll stay busy no matter what. Thank you again for listening. Give us a rating, a five-star rating. Um, like and subscribe. Give us a review. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.